everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mum, and effortless lifestyle coach, Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. And so on today's episode, it's me, your podcast host, Marina Pearson, sharing my insights about goals and manifesting and what it takes to actually create what you really desire. Um, and if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. And if you're tuning in again for the balance time, welcome. And for those of you that don't really know me, um, I'm a mama. I'm your podcast host, as I've already said. I uh, am an investor. I also love to travel, love to sing, love to cook and live in the most beautiful, gorgeous place in Spain called Javier by the ocean, which also looks over to the mountains. And I run a coaching business for stressed out mums in business to help them stress less and live more. And I've just sent my book in to be published. So I'm a once again an author. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. As we are now entering in 2019, I thought it'd be apt for me to share the space with you to start the year off with a bang. Enjoy. Welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. And this episode is somewhat special. I actually haven't invited a guest on this episode as I wanted to share this time with you on my own. Now, uh, I wanted to say thank you personally to all of you that have been listening to this podcast since April of last year in 2018. And as it's the first of the year, I felt like I wanted to have a more intimate experience with you rather than interview someone else. And so as we go into this year, you may have a lot of ideas about what you want to create. You may want to... Um, you may be reflecting on how things didn't work necessarily work out for you as you'd planned in 2018. And I just wanted to share that all of that's absolutely okay. <laughs> and so life is definitely unfolding. Like if I reflect and then if I look back, and I invite you to do the same, in fact, actually, if you reflect back to last year, And you think, wow, what actually happened that I had no idea would happen? It's kind of cool. Like if I look back last year and I think back to the beginning of last year, 2018, I think, wow, I didn't even know I was going to create this podcast. In fact, I didn't even know that my book was going to be sent off to the publishers by the end of this year, the last year, 2018. 
I didn't even know that I was going to be spending Christmas with my um, ex and his partner here in Austin, Texas. I didn't know that I was going to be renting out my villa to complete strangers and um, put it out onto booking.com to make money during the summer. I definitely didn't know that I was going to be buying um, shipping containers. Um, I definitely didn't know that I was going to be selling part of my investments and um, creating more investments. And so there are so many things in my life last year, as I'm sure there will be in yours, you had no idea about. Like you didn't know that that was going to happen. You had no idea that you were going to do that. And often we can get very insecure about the uncertainty of, of, of what the future holds. Now, if you're sitting in that space and you don't know what you want to create this year um, and you're sitting in the space of, yes, I want to create all of these things, regardless of which space you're in, this is true either way. Like I'm sure that you've had situation projects that you wanted to create that just did not manifest. And then there are others that, that totally showed up out of the blue and you're like, what happened? So I often talk about here's the plan and here's what really happened. And they often don't look very much alike. Now, if you're a mother listening to this, you'll understand that creating a life can happen in nine months. Now, if at the beginning of the year, you didn't know that that was going to happen by the end of the year, you, you will be in a totally different space. And I just find that absolutely fascinating. Now, I wanted to also talk about this whole thing around procrastination, because often we can beat ourselves up about not doing the things we set ourselves out to do. And I had a bit of a, an insight about this a few years back when a friend of mine shared with me an insight he'd had, which was about setting goals. So he was talking about how we set a goal, we work towards making that happen. And then when it doesn't happen, we beat ourselves up about it. And what's interesting is, had you ever considered that the goal is just made up? Like what we decide to create is just made up. Now, I'm not lessening how important that might be for you in terms of creating a project in terms of that, but more so to bring some lightness to those sorts of things, to bring some lightness into the, maybe the things that you want to achieve this year. And he then went on to say, you know, and then we beat ourselves up, which is all made up about the thing that we've made up about what we want to create which I found very, very funny. And I, because I'd been doing exactly that. So we can bring some lightheartedness into the things that we end up not doing. We can also come and bring it back to timing. It's funny, you know, often we can think that we're procrastinating because we're procrastinators or we're lazy and we judge ourselves for it. But there's a subtlety between not doing that project because we fear. And then there's other thing called timing. It's just not the right time yet. So let me give you an example. I 
for the last four years I've been working on this book and it started out called Effortless Living, uh, stress, Stressless, Earn More, no, Stressless, Workless, Earn More. And that's what kind of what I was doing about four years ago. I was helping uh, mums and women in business to help them stress less, work less, and earn more. But over time, I realized that my message was changing. And so I didn't want to talk about earning more. I didn't want to talk about business growth. I wanted to talk about the experience that we have of those two things and how it can actually be joyful, how it can be fun, how it can be exciting. Um, And so it went from effortless living to the joy of being. Now, I didn't know that the book was going to be called The Joy of Being at the beginning of this year or at the beginning of last year, in fact. And I didn't know about that because I didn't even know that this podcast was going to exist and that it was even going to be called The Joy of Being. And that would turn out to be the next message, as in the message that I wanted to really share with people. And so there is this book that I've been working on for four years. I send it out to people for them to look at it. I even sent it out to Hay House. They sent it back to me a year later to say, no, they weren't going to publish it. And as time went on, I got more and more anxious about the fact that I hadn't released it. And yet I wasn't doing the work to publish it. And last year, not yeah, the year before last, in fact, in the summer of 2017, I got a message which was, you still have to put certain things into it that you haven't done so yet. So I went into, um, I was at a retreat and then I had this insight and that then had to go into the book. And it was a major story of the book and is still a major story of the book. I then um, sat with the book, didn't do anything about it. And then a year later, the joy of being is manifest. The joy of being is now the title of this podcast. And I'm like, well, it's not the title of the book. Oh, Okay, so now I need to change the title of the book. Now, I could have written this book four years ago and got it out and what have you, but something was like something was stopping me from getting it out there. And at the time, I was beating myself up about the fact that I hadn't done it, that I was procrastinating. But now looking back... I saw or I've seen that actually, even though I was feeling insecure about this book, the timing of actually when it needed to get done was all part of this course. Because in September, October of this year, or last year, 2018, it became very clear to me that this book now needed to be rewritten and then sent to the publishers by the end of the year. And that's exactly what's happened. So it's to be launched in April of 2019, so in a few months' time. But I realized that that there was this beating myself up about the fact that it hadn't been done. Now, 
I don't know if, you know, if you're listening to this and you can relate to this, that there are projects that maybe you've left by the wayside and they're still there and you're beating yourself about the fact that you haven't actioned on them. It's okay because there's something called timing. Now, at the time, we can get ourselves all you know, revved up about the fact that we haven't done it and we don't leave space to hear that actually this project isn't for now. It can be for later. Now, of course, if you've got a deadline, if you work projects with the deadlines, they have to be done by the deadline, right? Or you can move the deadlines. However, there are certain projects that you decide when the deadline is and that can always be moved. Now, of course, for the type of profile of women that I work with and this podcast is for is that you're a go-getter and that you love to create and you may have thousands of ideas that run through your head time and time and time again. And you may be actioning on all of them. Like I've got a particular client that's been doing that and Finally, she's kind of come to the realization that she doesn't need to action on everything that she has an idea of because she's very creative. So if she did, she wouldn't be able to action on everything that she does. So often we get ideas that we can just park. Now, here's the thing. We can discern what we want to park and what we want to action on. And there's a section in my book which is all about living from wisdom. And part of that is to discern where your energy wants to go this year. What are you curious for? What would you like to experiment on? What would be really cool to see happen? Now, of course, there'll be things that you don't know you're going to create. There'll be things that people you meet that you have no idea about yet. Because the future is an incomplete equation. But insight is always there to guide you. Because you don't even know what insights you're going to have this year around the projects that you have around the things that you want to get done. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this term of toxic goals and non-toxic goals. Um, And I've been asked quite a few times whether or not we need to set goals at all. You know, most of the gurus in this personal development space kind of go, yeah, you've got to set your goals and you've got to work towards them. And for me, there's a fine dance between wanting to action on something um, and taking the steps to making it happen. And then there are other parts of my life and other things that I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to see what does happen and, and what arises. But of course, if you want to create a project, you have to action on it, Right. So I'll give you an example of this book launch that I want to do. I'll be in Austin, Texas, and it's for, um, there's an amazing 1.20 summit that I'm going to be attending, and I really wanted the book to be part of me being there. 
because there'll be lots of mums in business who are creative and so forth and so on that I can give the book to and, and podcasters and bloggers and so forth. And it just made sense for me to have the book in my hand to give to those particular women. But that's all I know for now. What might make sense to you is whatever makes sense to you. Like you want to action on a project, the steps that you need to take. It's all about what makes sense to you in this moment. So what makes sense to me right now with the book would be, okay, I want to create a landing page so people can actually um, read the first few chapters, reach out to bloggers about the book and see if we can do a free giveaway, um, write blogs and other articles and, and link it back to the first chapters of the book. But maybe none of that will happen. Maybe I'll have an insight about the fact that there's a better way of doing it. But let's get back to toxic goals and non-toxic goals. Setting goals isn't an issue. Like it's something that you can do if you want to. Um, but your life doesn't need to depend on it. The quality of your life doesn't need to depend on it. I remember when I was going to these seminars back in the day and they would go, right, you know, create these goals. And so I'd sit there and rummage around in my head about the things that I really wanted to create. But I realized over time that my feelings of security and well-being were really tied to that, to those things on my list. You know, like one of them I remember was about a 4,000 pounds passive income. I'd love to just have passive income coming in a 4K of that. But it was like, if it didn't happen, I would be unhappy. Or um, being in a relationship, like if I didn't create that, then I would be unhappy. I thought these, these lists that I was putting down on my piece of paper were going to make me happy. Only to realize that if we wrote down, if I was writing down these lists about things I didn't have in my life that I was working towards and I can only be happy if I had them, then it would suggest I couldn't be happy until I had them. And by now, if you've been, re- if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know <laughs> that joy and happiness doesn't come from the things that you have. It comes from your state of mind, and that's a moment-to-moment experience. So you can set goals. And the irony of this is that often when we do set the goals that we're not attached to, they're more likely to happen. I, um, I had a funny moment about six months ago where I was clearing out my office to make space. And I was going through a few old things and I found this little bottle that I opened. And in there were little pieces of card where I'd written some wishes on. And these wishes were things like where I wanted to live, what I wanted to create with my life. But this was going all the way back to 2012. And one of the things I'd written was living in a house with a view of the mountains. Now, at the time... I had this idea that I would be living in California um, or I was living in the mountains to go skiing. And I was sifting through. I looked up and there in my office space, actually, I have a view of the mountains. I was like, oh, 
I'd completely forgotten about it. And then, boom, it happened. Now, of course, this is a process. 2012, I was now, I bought the house in 2015. No, 2016. So, yeah, it took four years. But I completely and utterly forgotten about it. I'll give you another example where um, I went on to British national television. And it was funny. It was May 2015. It must have been April, maybe. April 2015 and I we'd just come back from Bali me and my um, ex-husband we were together still and I was just gotten up and I was uh, watching ITV this morning and for those of you that don't know British television it's like one of those morning shows right and so I uh, was listening, I was just watching the show and this new thought sprung up, which was like, wouldn't it be cool to be on this show, to be interviewed? Forgot all about that and went on my merry way and was doing life and I went on to this retreat in Lanzarote. And on one of the days that I was there, I, I got an email from this lady I'd met years ago and her name, her, and she was a journalist and she was looking for her part of her job as a journalist was looking to get people on television. She'd been approached by the TV network and they'd asked her, do you know of anybody that fits this profile? And she thought of me. So she reached out to me. And of course, at the time I was in Lanzarote, literally I was asked, I was being asked to go on television the next day. So she emailed me early in the morning. Um, I was like, well, how am I supposed to get from here to the UK in time to be interviewed the following morning and then come back? Because at the time I was breastfeeding my son and he was there with me. And you can imagine, right? Like I hadn't for those mums of you listening, I didn't actually have any, um, I hadn't brought my pump with me because I didn't expect to be asked to go on British national television. And I was umming and ahhing. I was like, oh my God, do I go? Do I not? Do I go? Do I not? And in the end I thought, you know, this is a chance of a lifetime. I'll say yes. And so I said yes. And she said, oh, I don't know if the TV network actually needs this right now because they're always changing. And, um, at 3 p.m., I got the confirmation that, yes, it was happening. So I didn't even know if there was a ticket that I could get on because it literally was that evening that I had to go. And if, um, I couldn't actually get a ticket uh, online. Um, and so I had to risk going to the airport, which was about an hour away, um, to see if I could get a ticket actually at the airport and get on the plane. And something just said, go, go. <laughs> So I went and there, behold, there was a, there was a ticket I could get. And, and I was in such a beautiful feeling because I'd been at this, uh, at this retreat. And, uh, <laughs> so I fly to the UK 
I get there at one o'clock in the morning. I get picked up by a taxi, get taken to the hotel. Then in the morning, I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I'm taken by a taxi into London. And I do the interview, which is all very surreal because I'd been watching the show for years, you know, like it's an institution in the UK and there I am on this show being interviewed by Philip Schofield and Amanda Holden. And it was all around my book, uh, Goodbye Mr. X and um, my story of infidelity and so forth and so on. Anyway, I get back in, taxi, I get dropped off back to Gatwick and then I fly back to Lanzarote. Now, if you told me that I was going to be on television that year, I would have laughed in your face, especially <laughs> with how tired I was. And um, it was just a fleeting thought that showed up. And with that example, there, I can give you so many of like, oh, that would be cool. And then it just manifests itself. I call it calling it in. But, you know, it's interesting if you're asking yourself, well, how does that work? If I really want to manifest something, how does it work? I don't know the technicalities of it, really. But what I do know is, is that we're all connected. We're connected to this universal intelligence that we call life. We were created from it, in fact. And there are certain things that you can definitely action on. Like I want to go to Austin, Texas. It seems easier for me to get the flight tickets booked done. We're here, right? But things like you really want to create, like if you want to create um, that coaching business or you want to create those clients or whatever, everything that you ever wanted already exists. Uh, If you can think it up, it exists. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to actually manifest it. But going back to that connection piece is we're all connected. So giving you an example, you know, like you're thinking about someone and they call you out of the blue. Or you're um, singing a song, you put the radio on and it's exactly the song that you were singing. We can't necessarily explain it, but that connection exists. And so it's the same connection that we have to creating whatever we want to create. Because from something, come from nothing comes everything. But I've seen that the more we're attached to that thing that we want to create, the more we think that, or even the fact that we think it can give us a feeling of security and well-being, and if we don't create it and if we don't get it, it's going to be the end of the world. If it's being driven by insecurity, I've seen that usually those things are more difficult to A, manifest, and B, um, they don't tend to manifest. You know, I, I remember about a year and a half ago um, when I was still single and I had this belief that manifesting the ma- manifesting a man was really difficult. Like it seems I could manifest like loads of other stuff, but manifesting a man was kind of like the exception. 
And it was funny. I was in um, Peppa Pig World. Uh, I'd gone to spend some time, well, taking my son to Peppa Pig World, and we checked into this hotel in Southampton. And I, and for you mothers out there, I'm sure you can resonate, right? Like you're the only one. It was me and my little one, and of course, I had his bags, and I had to take his stuff. There were no trolleys in the in the. At least I didn't see them downstairs. So I had to carry everything. And I was in the elevator and we're going up and I was like, oh, if only they had like a porter or if they had a trolley that I could use, um, this would be so much easier. Anyway, the door opens and there right in front of me is a shopping cart. And I giggled because it was like, oh, okay, that was easy. And then um, as I got everything into the shopping cart, a new thought popped in, which was, what if manifesting a man was as easy as manifesting that shopping cart? Oh, okay. Well, I've never considered that. Anyway, um, I spent the next month in the UK and then I got back to the Spain and literally the day after I arrived, I went out on a date and that's my partner that I've been with for the last year and a bit. So it's like an energetic quality of neediness. Like when we get needy of something, it repels. Like if you've ever been on a needy day, you'll understand this, right? And this is a section in my book where I talk about this, where we, um, it's, uh, I talk about the art of effortless results and how how we can actually create these results in a more effortless and fun-loving way. And um, if I look at the energetic quality of all of these moments that have been manifest or they've been created, there's always been a light-hearted energy behind it. Like there's nothing on it. It's like, yeah, that would be cool. Like at the time I manifested a TEDx talk, um, I was like, yeah, that would be so cool to create. And it happened. It manifested itself. I met someone who was actually creating a TEDx um, evening uh, day, actually. And, uh, and I got to do my TEDx talk. And that was literally like from the moment that new idea popped in into actually make and having it happen. And so, but I had nothing on it. If it happened, great. And if it didn't happen, that was also fine. And anyway, that TEDx talk turned out, it was the first TEDx talk around this understanding that anybody had ever actually done. So it was kind of groundbreaking. And I didn't even know that. It's not like I went out and went, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be the pioneer of this. And it wasn't even about that. It was like, oh, okay. And so... You might have heard me talk about these new ideas popped into my head, and that's the capacity that we all have. From nothing comes everything. I'm sure if you just take a moment to look around you, there are things that you are surrounded by that at one point didn't even exist. Maybe it's your suitcase, maybe it's your bed, maybe it's your lamp, maybe it's your toaster, maybe it's your sink, whatever. 
Your computer at some point didn't exist. Your phone at some point didn't exist. And then it was like this flash of idea and then people actioned on it. And this is just how the creative process happens. It can sometimes look messy, sure. And of course, you can have the insecurity that shows up, sure. But the process of manifestation is pretty much how it works. So what would you love to manifest this year without your life depending on it? (laughs) Without your life depending on it. Um, What would you love to create this year? without your life having to depend on it. What would be just really cool? I remember doing a podcast, actually, I can't remember which episode it is, but there's a podcast episode with Michael Neal and we were talking about creating the impossible. And it just occurred to me that you can create whatever you want. Now, if you're listening to this and going, oh, yeah, that's great, Marina, I want to create a million pounds. The challenge that most of us have is, is we go, yeah, I want to create a million pounds, but we don't action on it. And there needs to be a little bit of movement. You know, if, if I'd never, if I'd never had, if I'd never gone to that meeting and met that journalist, she would never have written to me all those years back. If I hadn't decided to get on that plane to be interviewed, I wouldn't have been on national television. If I hadn't actually sat down and done the work to finish off my book, it wouldn't be off at the publishers right now. So there are certain things that we need to action on for things to manifest, right? Your phone wouldn't have been created if you hadn't done your phone. I mean, if if somebody hadn't actioned on actually creating that phone for you. So it's not like... um, You can sit at home and just go, right, that's what I want to create and let that happen. It's more like there is an energy behind the purity of that, the purity of the creation of it. It's like that would be fun. So when I think about the launch of this book, when I think about the conference that I'm going to, when I think about what I want to create this year, it's like, what are the fun things that I'd love to create? Well, what would I love to do more of? And so I was thinking, oh, I'd really like to do more speaking this year. Last year, I wasn't doing so much. Last year, you know, in terms of the self-reflection piece is very much a year of creation, but stand, standing still and not going out there to speak. But this year, it's like, actually, I'd love to do more speaking. So what would you love to do more of? What would you love to explore? I was talking to a potential client recently about this very thing and she was beating herself up about the fact that, you know, she's a mum and she's always kind of said, oh, I'm not very ambitious and she's seen it as an issue. And I said, well, you're dealing with a lot of stuff. She was going through, you know, a very difficult relationship at the time and, and she'd never really asked herself the question, what is it I really want? Um, and often we think we have to have the answer right there and then, right? So if you're in the same position, it's like, I don't know what I want to create. That's okay. Some of us don't even know, right? It's like, I don't even know. I don't have no idea what I want to create. And that's a brilliant place to be because you are in the not knowing 
But what I've seen that can be very helpful is if you're in the not knowing and you know you want to create something, whatever that might be, you have an urge is to explore. So we're having this conversation because she was beating herself up about not doing that, not doing this. And I said, well, what if you just explore? What if you just explore like children do, right? Like what if you were just to explore these avenues and by exploration, you know, in her sense, it was like, well, I'd love to be more, I'd love to express myself more. Okay, fine. Starting there. How would you love to express it? Would it be through written word? Would it be through drama? Would it be through, you know, I remember um, when Leo was much, much smaller, he would um, explore and he still does obviously, but now he's a little bit older. You can see getting him, he gets frustrated. But when back then it wasn't about the, it wasn't about getting to the end goal. It was more about exploring the process. So what happens if I do this? I get a, um, a spade from a bucket and spade and he would get frozen peas He'd love to spend hours like attempting to pick up the, the pea with the spade and putting it in the bucket. Now, it would have been much easier if he just picked it up with his hand and put the peas in the bucket with his hand, right? But that wasn't the point. The point wasn't about getting the job done, getting all the peas from the packet into the bucket. It was actually about what happens if I do this? What happens if I actually pick this up and do it this way? What if I, what if I do it that way? What would happen if I did it this way? So sometimes he would pick it up with, with the spade. Sometimes he would um, pick it up with his hand, of course. Sometimes he would um, flick a pee. It, it wasn't about getting, it wasn't about the end result. It was about exploring how possibly he could get to the end result with in a different way but so often we are so um obsessed with with getting to the top of the mountain that we forget to actually smell the flowers along the way to stop and smell the roses as it were now for me it's not about necessarily getting to the goal anymore it's more about how did i get to what I wanted to create. Like, what was the experience of that? Was it joyful? Um, Was it joy-led? Was was that light? Was that light-hearted? Did I have fun? Like, I never really realized that joy was available to me until this last year, that actually I could choose joy. As you can you. You can choose joy. And it's funny what happens when you choose joy and you choose happiness and you choose, you start to realize actually maybe there are people in your life you don't want to spend more, you don't want to spend time with them because they don't choose joy. They choose stress. They choose suffering. But it's funny, right? Because suffering can become a habit, a habit of thinking. Feeling good can be very strange. And so then you do stuff that stops you from making you feel good because that's what you're used to. So you do your goals and you, you get to where you want to be with stress because you think that actually that's how you get to create what you want. 
But there is an alternative. There is an alternative. And the alternative is joy. The alternative is lightheartedness. The alternative is fun. Now, of course, we're all human. And of course, we have moments when we're down. Of course, we have moments of anxiety. Like since I've been here in Austin, I have too. I've had insecurities show up. Comparisons around my ex-husband's partner, you know, what's much better about her than it was about me. Of course, I've had those doubts. That's not to say that you won't. But whether you want to entertain those doubts, whether you want to invite them to tea, whether you want to actually go into bed with them, whether you want to actually get intimate with them, that's what I've decided that I don't really want to do more of anymore. So we can give energy to those thoughts. Or we can actually just go, you know what? This will pass and I'll be back to center again in a bit. And that's just how the human experience works. Comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. Now, if you've been listening to this and you're like, yeah, great, Marina, but hey, here's the thing. Like, I've got to make some money. You know, there are some really, like, urgent things that need to happen this year. Otherwise, I am in big trouble. Well, here's the thing. It may feel that way to you. And that's totally valid. But I also know that your circumstances are the way they are. And so therefore attitude has a big role to play in terms of how you're viewing your circumstances, your state of mind. Because I've met people who don't work and they're very stressed about it. And I've met other people who don't work and they're actually like, something will come along. The attitude is very different. So it's not necessarily about what you want to create. It's about how you want to be in the creation of it. So that's another reflection point for you. What do you choose? How would you love to be? What attitude do you decide that you want to put at front center stage in what you're up to with your projects this year? And I know you may be thinking, yeah, Marina, that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really struggling and I really need some help and so forth and so on. And I joy is way too much of a stretch. And that may be where you're at right now. And that's fine. But you, as well as everybody else, has the capacity to see your life differently with a new thought that comes in. And that's something that we all have the innate capacity for. You know, I was reading about Delicious Liella's story um, as I bought her new cookbook because I actually want to experiment this year with going vegan for a while and see how I feel. Like the big step of changing your life um, and that's a desire I have. I want to experiment with this. Like it seems too much of a big stretch to me. Go right, I am vegan now and everything's going to be vegan. No, I, I kind of want to see how I feel by eating a much more plant-based um, diet. And the thing is, the funny thing is I used to, and I went back to eating meat because I, I, my body asked for it, but it's got to this point now where my body's asking for something different. And so I want to experiment with that. Um, 
so this new thought came in and it was like, well, why don't you experiment with, with what would it be like to be vegan? Or at least eat more of a plant-based diet. It's like, okay, I'll experiment with that and see where that takes me. Um, so experiment. The other thing is, is if you're wondering about whether you can manifest the things that you want, I would come back to say, well, how can you not? The very fact that we can create life means that you can create whatever you want. You came from that same energy that manifests things into being. At some point, you didn't exist. You were just an idea. You didn't exist, then you were an idea, and you came into being, and then you were manifest in the world. So how can you not? So yeah, I hope this week's episode has been useful, helpful, something that you can chew on, something you can inquire about this year. And so if you'd like to know more about what I'm up to, you can always go to my website, marinapearson.com. I also have a some really great downloads that you can take off my website, timesheet, guilt-free audio, and my Joy Catalyst scorecard, which will help you um, identify where you are on the joy rate scale and what to do about that. And if you want to connect with me, I'm really uh, active on Instagram. So come and join me over there at Marina Pearson and come and share what you've been up to, how things are manifesting for you. Um, And yeah, please leave us a review. So it was amazing to be here with you in this space for this amount of time. Until next week, bye-bye for now. And there you have it, another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com slash scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.